Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for October 2nd, 2007 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, including Bob Barley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. This week we'll tell you about the start of Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. We'll also have details on Epcot's 25th anniversary celebration. The Martins were on board the Disney Wonder last week, and they'll give us an update on that. Plus, Julie Martin will tell us about shopping on Castaway Key in this week's installment of Store Tours. All that plus your emails on this edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now, we do have a few housekeeping things. First, I do want to apologize for uh, the delay in getting the show up this week. There is a, a construction work going on on my house. Construction work that isn't going well is going on in my house. Let me put it to you that way. So it's uh, kind of kept things a little, uh, uh, a little interesting around here. So I do apologize it's going up late, but it was unavoidable. Um, also, we have uh, we have an announcement to make. We have a new uh, a new employee Yay. here in uh, uh, joining us in, uh, here in Orlando. That's Will Perry. Uh, Will's going to be working with Corey, doing a lot of uh, a lot of our graphic design work, and uh, Will is. Um, Will is a uh, a virgin. Will is a, a complete virgin, really, to Disney. He's really not spending oh, any Disney. time. Disney. Oh, Disney. Oh. It's like, because that would have been embarrassing to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, oh, was I not supposed to mention that? <laughs> Actually, um, Corey and I were with him his first time at Epcot. And that was it was uh, way cool yeah, to yeah. see it through somebody you, else's eyes. Push your mic in front That's of right. Him. We went Monday. I uh, had a great time at the Food and Wine Festival. Just yeah. good to get out and see the park and uh, experience it. Yeah, it was your first time. Uh, first time there, yeah. It's a heck of a way to First to time at the 25th anniversary, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, day of the 25th anniversary, and it's food and wine. <laughs> you hey, know, Pete? That's pretty good. He's got an accent. Yeah, not nearly as bad or as funny as yours. Uh, okay. <laughs> He's from Indiana. He's from a wholesome place. Okay. <laughs> he has oh, wait. Now the emails he, we're going to get from Massachusetts. He, he, has, he has an accent, though. I, I, do. I do have a small accent. Okay. Yeah, I pointed that I out to him when I first met him. Yeah, so you know, Will, Will, Will had sent something pretty interesting to me when we first uh, we first sat down and talked to him, and I asked him had he been you know had he spent a lot of time in the parks, and he he said no, that he really hasn't. He's been living here for how long now? Been here about three years now. About three years, and I was kind of shocked that he hadn't been to the park. But then, as he explained to me, you know, a student can't really afford to go to the park. Uh, parks that often um well we know you're not a disney fan because disney fans would rather do that than eat exactly <laughs> well you could have done without one textbook <laughs> <laughs> not for the cost of those annual passes those are a lot more than one textbook but no we're really happy to have you aboard will and uh, uh will's not going to be a regular at the uh, uh on the uh, on the show uh just because we really don't have a room for another person but um will will be involved in a lot of the things we'll be doing you'll be hearing his name and from time to time, I'm sure, hearing his voice. So, uh, welcome aboard, Will. Great. Thanks, guys. I uh, just want to thank everybody for the, the warm welcome to the team. Uh, really appreciate being here. So, thanks again. Cool. Thank you. All right. With that, we're going to go ahead and get started with the news. Can I just say one one quick thing? I promise it will be. Sure. Um, we have a listener, Mike, who called in last week, and he is getting a new dog, a Labrador Retriever. He's from Kentucky. He is naming it, guess what? Cory Hori. <laughs> Diz. Diz. Isn't that cute? That I'm sorry, a, I had to say that on, on the air. I thought thing. he'd be excited if That's he heard that too. That's very cool. Here, Diz. Here, Diz. <laughs> Fetch. Fetch, Diz. <laughs> so, I just had to mention that. Thanks, Julie. Thanks. 
All right, our first news story this week, we're actually going to combine two news stories into one because they both deal with lawsuits. And these are both uh, stories that we've been following over the last few months. The first one deals with uh, Disney's lawsuit uh, to block development of that uh, project out in California, in Anaheim. Uh, They were dealt a blow last week when a Superior Court judge in Orange County dismissed one of the two lawsuits that Disney had filed to try and block the project. Disney sued the city of Anaheim in February after the council was split on whether or not they would allow the development project to continue. Disney considered that the split on the council cleared the way for development, and they sued on the basis of that, uh, on the basis that a thorough environmental study had not been completed. And according to the court, the, council, uh, the council's split decision did not constitute permission for them to start building, and Disney basically jumped the gun. And Disney admitted that. The spokesperson said the essence of the court's decision was that the first lawsuit was premature, even though a few months later, a few months after this, the court or the, uh, the council did approve uh, the project, and the court has now told Disney no more lawsuits, no more nothing until after the referendum goes on the uh, uh, to the voters on uh, in June of next year. And uh, for those who weren't following, this is a lawsuit because of low-income housing that a developer wants to build in the tourist area in Disneyland, in an area very close to where Disney is eyeing up land for a third theme park. So it kind of cramps their style. Uh, now, where they got de- dealt a blow on that lawsuit, they won a big lawsuit uh, in this ongoing battle with the family who owns the rights to Winnie the Pooh. The Los Angeles Times reported that a three-judge panel upheld a 2004 decision that dismissed a lawsuit filed against Disney by the family of Stephen Schlesinger, who obtained merchandising rights to Winnie the Pooh in 1930. The merchandising rights went to his wife and daughter after his death in '53. Now, the issue began in 1991 when the Schlesinger family sued Disney for breach of contract, saying it had failed to pay them hundreds of millions of dollars in royalties that the family was due from film and merchandising sales. The original lawsuit was dismissed after the judge learned that the family had tried to gain an edge in the litigation by stealing confidential documents from Disney's trash and then lying lying and altering uh, court papers to cover it up. And uh, so the, uh, the lawsuit basically on the issue of Winnie the Pooh is pretty much done. 16 years later. 16 years later, it's pretty much done, unless they think it's going to be, um, unless they appeal it. I think after this they have to appeal to the California Supreme Court, Yeah. and I don't know that that would, that would happen. But, um, and then that other lawsuit, it's going to go to, uh, they're probably going to look at as limited press as possible from now to the time of the vote to get uh, people to forget about it. It'll be interesting to see what happens, yeah. but it looks like both those issues, for the time being anyway, are dead in the water. So one one in Disney's favor, one not. Hmm. Uh, now, second, uh, the second story I wanted to talk about this week uh, is Disney taking a look at uh, building a resort in Hawaii. The Honolulu Star Bulletin is reporting that Hawaii is being considered as a location for a standalone Disney resort. Disney confirmed that hi- Hawaii is just one of many destinations that it's currently considering for a new resort venture. The first time, this would be also the first time Disney would operate a hotel outside of its resort areas. Unconfirmed reports say that Disney is close to inking a deal with the Koalina Resort and Marina. Hawaii has long been rumored to be the possible location of a new Disney Vacation Club resort as well, and I think that's what this is probably going to be. It'll be a hotel DVC property along the model of what they do. Yep. Here in Orlando. Hawaii has been rumored for a long time as a DVC property. I don't see why it wouldn't go forward. It's exactly. a perfect location. It's, it makes more sense than Texas. 
Pete, yeah. or, or Pete West Virginia, or whatever it Branson, was. Missouri. Right. I heard an interesting piece of information about Disney Vacation Club. Um, it's so popular, it's grown so big that um, the uh, Orlando Business Journal reported that an insider says that the Disney Vacation Club generates $1 million a week in revenue for the Disney company. Wow. Isn't that an wow. incredible number? That is incredible. So why not build them everywhere? So uh, now our uh, our number one story this week, actually Kevin is going to uh, do for us, uh, Disney has announced a whole new series of dreams to give away for the next year. So Kevin, tell us a little bit more about it. Disney has announced that the Year of a Million Dreams was so popular and the pushed attendance and pushed uh, visibility in the press and everything that they've decided to do another Year of a Million Dreams, the sequel. And on ice. Because, <laughs> yeah, because every celebration has to go on for four and a half years. Right. Yeah. Zach Efron's going to be in it. It's 2.6 <laughs> years of a million dreams is what it is. Really? 30 months of a dreams. Uh, what they've done is they've announced some new uh, dreams. They're calling it the Dreams Catalog. Uh, for next year and things that you would, would be getting a Disney line trip or a Disney cruise line trip to their uh, private overnight stay in a yacht and private time on the beach at Castaway Key. I want that. Oh, okay. You know what? <laughs> I'll give me, anybody got to post it? <laughs> it's a small world, a 15 day tour of four Disney destinations on three continents. Walt Disney World, Hong Kong, Disneyland and Disneyland Resort Paris are included. Sign me up for that one. Okay. Bob's got that one. <laughs> Uh, High School Musical Mania, a trip as a VIP guest to the Hollywood movie opening of High School Musical 3. I think that's an announcement that hasn't been made yet. Well, you're going to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody nobody else wants to do that. (laughs) You're the new guy. You have to go to the ones no one else wants. Uh, Breakfast with the characters. Will's going to cover Nine Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You have to go to Tony's Tavern. Um Breakfast with the characters, a Disney World vacation that includes a private character breakfast with dozens of costumed characters on Main Street. Wow. I think that sounds like fun. Uh, Four vacations to locations that Adventures by Disney offers. Uh, Hot air balloons over Epcot's World Showcase. I'll stop saying uh, ah. A spotlight and a place in the 2008 Christmas Parade. Hmm. And the other, the big ones are the... Uh, I said I wasn't going to say that again, didn't I? Uh, (laughs) New Year's Uh, Eve in Cinderella's Castle Suite at Walt Disney World. That sounds really cool. Right. The final one is the fact that they are building a new penthouse in Disneyland. Apparently, the penthouse on top of the Disneyland Hotel didn't generate the buzz that staying in the castle generated. People were not as excited about staying in a luxury hotel as they were about staying inside the park. So they're building a an apartment next to Club 33 in the building that Club 33 is in in Disneyland based on original drawings and concepts by Walt Disney. They're recreating the apartment that he envisioned there. The interesting thing is that guests who get to stay in the apartment will be eligible to have food delivered from Club 33, which is the sort of secret, posh, not-so-secret private club that almost no one can get into. And you would be eligible to get food from there, but you can't go there. Hmm. You can't go into Club 33. Hmm. So that's going to be the new big thing. It's interesting that they picked that location. You think they would have done it over the firehouse where his apartment really is. Well, that actually is where he stayed. That's kind of museum at this point. 
but they do allow people in there every once in a while, VIPs and things like that. But I can't imagine let you them letting people or redoing it for something. Right. Like that. I mean, he actually yeah. stayed there, and they have that light on. When Walt was in the park, the light in the window was always on. That symbolized that Walt was in the park. Since his passing, that light has never been turned off. It's kind of like the eternal flame kind yeah, of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. That somebody, Walt's always in the park. So, yeah, And everybody knows Disneyland Castle is too small to have an apartment. Hey, leave her alone. Hey, it's hey. a studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's a studio apartment. <laughs> you, you, you can store your the stuff in there while you're there. With a Murphy bed. Over the garage. <laughs> that castle. The closet, for your, the closet for your suite is in the castle. <laughs> That's right. You get a locker. <laughs> you are going to get so, so many, many emails. <laughs> Including oh. one from me. I can't oh, help it. <laughs> the, first time my, the first time my brother saw it, he said it looked like a miniature golf course castle. Yeah, that's what I, I'm still Sleeping shocked. Sleeping Beauty about is it. not ostentatious like Cinderella. She doesn't yeah. need all the froof and glamour. She doesn't need the bling. She's a natural, beautiful. One. She's happy with her starter home. <laughs> <laughs> that's what poor people say. <laughs> I don't need a lot of stuff. All right, I think I better put a bullet in this before one of our <laughs> listeners puts a bullet in us. So that will do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on, and actually, we're going to skip rapid fire this week only because we do have a lot of. Uh, of content to, to uh, talk about. There was a lot of stuff going on, oh my God. Uh, not the least of which was the start of Epcot's beloved Food and Wine Festival. Now, Yay. thanks to the aforementioned construction on my house, yours truly has not been to Food and Wine yet. Another reason I'm going to beat the living crap out of these con- these contractors, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> um, but uh, these guys have all done it. And so I'm really interested to hear their thoughts. I really haven't heard anything about it, so we're all going to be hearing this together for the first time. So, guys, tell me what you thought. It's great. They did move Australia, though. Yeah. It's no longer in the same spot. It's over by Japan now, whereas before it was right before Morocco. They did okay, a lot that of rearranging. That doesn't say a lot. Of, that's like the, the well, lead. No, I'm just that, saying, that's like, your lead. Well, well, they you moved know, Australia. <laughs> Well, okay. you know, no, you don't understand. When we came to that spot where it's supposed to be, because it's one of our favorite places to go and have a bite to eat or a drink, I was like, oh, my God, it's on the map, but it's not here. I'm <laughs> looking for it, and we had to find it. <laughs> oh, so they, they don't have it in the spot that's on the map? No, no, it is. But no. <laughs> Julie expects I, it to be in, in the same display, spot, and it's like, like it was okay, every here we year are, before. we're in Australia. Yeah. You go by China, and so, you go by Africa. So, and, so, so talk to me about some of what's new this year. I loved it. Uh, just to go up front with it, uh, it um, Oklahoma for o- one. Oklahoma is that we've we've talked about really before. good. Now everybody may think that it's at the the U.S. Pavilion, but or the America Pavilion, but it's not. It's down on actually the other side of Canada. God forbid they put something. In that American that pavilion. That was the big story, that that's what they were going to do well, there. Well, they it do was coming something. to the Food and Wine Festival, but they, they, they had such a big area, they had to put it down there. So they put it over so by let, So Canada. let me guess, is it still a basketball court in front of uh, the American No, they pavilion? actually have a, a thing called Pearville. Yeah. It's, it's all, all about, about pears. the pear. Oh. <laughs> well, Believe me, we said the same thing. We're no, like, yeah. Well, you know, we stop and think about it, though. You, you th- imagine, imagine Europeans when they stop and they they hear the word American. The first thing that's going to come into their head is pears. <laughs> they had they have a Paris wheel. Yeah. They do with all kind of facts okay. about pears. Well, it's as American as okay, pear nobody's, pie. And nobody's opened fire yet. They have a pairing kitchen. Pairing kitchen. <laughs> they got they got this big chubby pear sitting on the side, making a funny yeah. face. Is it on a cart? 
with a camera on the back of it. No. <laughs> you, you can buy pairs. I did get video of them though. And no, one pair is like a dollar fifty yeah. for one pair. But it's oh, a Disney they pair. Were sell- I didn't see them selling pairs. Yeah, I they saw are a selling. Sign. Were the oh, pairs cool. cheaper by the pairs? <laughs> <laughs> if you buy two, yeah. and right behind the pair pavilion is the is the uh, Sam Adams beer tasting. Same setup that he, that they did last year. So, so that that area is pretty full. It is full. It is. But the, the Oklahoma area is really nice. I mean, they have a huge teepee. They have a huge oh, grass pears. hut where they do like the the cooking demonstration. And inside the teepee is, I guess, the kid cot area because there were kids in there coloring and drawing and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the teepee I mean, is like yeah, twenty it, feet tall. It's or, amazing. It's I think it's to actual size take you know? us around like if you go in and let's say we're going to go around how's well, it set up well they actually start off with the the champagne and sparkling wine if you go cl- uh, clockwise you know heading towards mexico mm-hmm. um champagne used to be by italy right and i have a feeling the reason they moved that up front is because it's the most expensive booth so people who want to do around the world they're going to start off paying ten dollars for, for a, a glass drink, of yeah. moet and and then they go chile argentina mexico mexico was one of the um one of our favorites. The chilaquiles. The, the value you get for what you pay for the meal, I mean, you actually get a nice portion. Um, more than I can say for Canada, which I, lo- you know, I love their uh, cheddar cheese soup, but they cut the portions in half. That's a thimble size. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a thimble, and plus they raise the price. I uh, thought the salmon in Canada was I've good. never had the salmon there, but the I can was smell excellent. it from Mexico. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> That's not good salmon. <laughs> but, no, I enjoyed that. But, you know, going c- continuing around clockwise, uh, then you have Spain. Spain. Spain, Ireland, China, which is another awesome, mm-hmm. awesome the food stuff. Yeah. The pot sticks. Yeah, and the chicken sha-sha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to China. Yeah, he was actually the nicest one. He's yeah, like, welcome really to nice. China, to everyone, like screaming it. <laughs> they have the best lines set up too. They have two separate lines that kind of meet in the middle with the cart, so those lines move very fast. Um, do they still have the people out taking credit cards in Disney Dining mm-hmm. Plan? Yes, yeah. they do, and those people actually slow the line up to the point of distraction. It, 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 it is same yeah. last year. Yeah, we, that's, last I haven't year. gone this year. We got rained out. John and I haven't yeah. been yet. Oh, you haven't? Oh, I thought no. you guys. We were in Epcot for the 25th anniversary, but then uh, the skies opened up, and we decided we could spend four hundred dollars on bites of food later. <laughs> it rained both times we went too, which is annoying. But it's been raining all week. So what's in the spot where Australia was last year? Because that's a big Turkey, Turkey, mm-hmm. and South Africa, really. Uh, yeah, and they actually have a, a lot of Turkish dancing and performers going like around and kind of, I guess, and teaching that, you a little they, bit about they, the culture. They show the they show the art that they did. They had the same thing last year, but it was yeah. kind of tucked away. You didn't really see it. You, you'd pass it up if you. If did you, you get to go that. in and see the art that they were making in the water? No, nobody was there when we were there. Yeah, but it's a it's a nice it, it's a nice uh, area, and you know they they're proud of it, and you know they they're pushing it. So oh, I liked it. Yeah, that's yeah. all set up where the the Aussie wine tasting was last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had, that's all Turkey now. But in Turkey, they have uh, the Grand Bazaar where they sell like original Turkish lanterns. You know, the glass ones with the metal, and some mm-hmm. of them have like the mosaic work. They are gorgeous. Oh yeah, I really? saw that. I want one so bad, but they're expensive. Christmas note, hundred bucks or more. Really, mm-hmm. for the well, the one that I want, <laughs> of course. And then, then we had uh, Germany was next after uh, Turkey, and they still Italy. have your sausage with the sauerkraut. Yeah, on the I roll. tried to get in line last night for that, and I was like, oh, the line was forever. They had two lines going, so I had a pass on that. But I managed to get to Italy last night and got the the lasagna, the spinach lasagna. Yeah. That was pretty good. I had that, and um, 
So, uh, and then Poland is after that. The, oh, that they have the the cabbage, the cabbage and with beef, the roll. beef. Oh man, yeah. that's so yeah. good. <laughs> so, but I wanted to mention about Germany. They have like four or five different Rieslings to taste. So, if you're a fan of the Riesling or white wines, some of them are really good. Yeah. And one thing in Italy, they um, a wine that you like. Oh, the Rosa Regal. Wine, the Rosa Regal. That's not there. They anymore. used to sell it in, on the, the Champagne booth. booth. Uh, that was near Italy. Well, now you actually have to go into, you know, their little wine tasting store and buy your glass there. And it still was a pretty long line for that. Really? Mm-hmm. And then in America, they had the hops and barley market again. Yeah. I didn't get to taste the beer this year, though. It's well, coming. Wasn't that a cool building? I mean, they have the, this brick house now. Yeah. yeah. And they've upgraded some of the uh the structures. The structures yeah. for some of the restaurants. They've expanded some of the ones that are more popular. And uh, this is a, a, a brick building that they, I guess they have on wheels that they can wheel out back afterwards. But it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, did they have the, what kind of food did they have in America? Because last year it was like lobster roll. It's the, it's the same, same lobster thing. roll. Yeah, the price lobster went roll. Up. Barbecue pork. How much is it now? Six seventy-five. Six seventy-five. That's one of the most expensive. That's uh, ridiculous. It is the most expensive menu item. They had a a barbecue pork rib uh, with coleslaw and a a California strawberry shortcake. It's funny you mentioned the lobster roll, Corey. Yesterday, when I was going by, I had this guy going back to the booth with his lobster roll that he wasn't very happy with it. So I I don't know what that was all about, but. it's very expensive. <laughs> it's the size of my pinky. He probably was in shock, and then it hit him. It's, I paid well, how much for this? Uh, well, talk to me. Yeah, talk to me about the average prices you were getting for uh, for stuff. Uh, for food, mainly three dollars, mm-hmm. three dollars, three dollars and fifty cents. That's about average. Um, you know, why, when you start getting into the the wine, that that goes up. But some of them, I mean, two twenty-five for a tasting of yeah, wine, yeah. and you have some that are five and six dollars. Mm-hmm. The desserts are going to be your cheapest thing on the menu, yeah. usually. In Japan, I had uh, they they had three types of sushi over there. Did you have any of that, Corey? <laughs> I did the spicy tuna roll. Yeah, I did that, and I did the California sushi roll. But they also have a beef uh, crispy roll and a vegetable roll, which look pretty good. Yeah, too. spicy tuna is like three fifty. The California roll is like three dollars, and the crispy. Yeah beef roll was four dollars and they they had them all you know they were all prepared and they've set it up different so that you know in the refrigerator it came out and it was really nice and cold and you know it felt you know it it tasted fresh so i enjoyed that so it was the sake yeah and then 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 after you (laughs) do you like sake you know, <laughs> it tastes like nail polish. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't finish it. I it really. was cold, first of all. I like hot yeah, sake. This is hockey. Sh- hockey. Hockey's <laughs> supposed to be sake. Hockey. Hockey's supposed to be sot. So, how much have you had? <laughs> then, between uh, Japan and uh, Morocco, is where Australia is this year. And me personally, I have to give the Australian uh, booth the high marks for enthusiasm because they're doing their chant and everything else as we were going by and it was oh. like so they yeah, were really they getting into it it's a great booth they have great wines they have great food i mean even the macadamia nut tart they have they have a oh. grilled lamb so chop good. with caramelized yeah onions. i want to try that it was I, great 475 which is expensive but it's really good i heard a lot of people um complimenting it mm-hmm. and then they have the shrimp on the bobby yeah they which usually is, have that and you get two shrimp yeah <laughs> <laughs> And it should be two shrimps on the body. <laughs> Morocco was kind of a small booth. It wasn't that big. You know what? They were out of their beer. 
They were serving Bud and Bud Light. What is that about? You know, Oklahoma was next. Well, the, um, yeah. while we're still in Australia, we we did the the wine walkabout there. Mm-hmm. It's set up a little set up the same it was last year, but it's it's more of in a straight line. You're not walking on, um, you know, mulch or any, or anything. Yeah, we did that. It's seven a seven dollars a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for four tastings. So that seemed pretty good. Uh, like I said, Morocco was kind of small. Then you get to Oklahoma, and it, <laughs> it's just it's a great. That's Oklahoma. Oklahoma, <laughs> yeah. And is that that's next to Australia? Aus- no, that's next to Morocco. In between Morocco and France, don't pick on me. But uh, it's a great exhibit. Mm, it, uh, really is. it really is. It's well done. They have these two murals up that have like the it's the hundred hundred year the centennial. Yeah, that. Uh, and. <laughs> You know, they have they the, have like a big wall of fame with like a collage of all these yeah. people that um that are from Oklahoma. Of course, Wild Bill Hickok and Annie Oakley. Who was the Who was the Toby big, Key? He was like the biggest head on there, and I'm like, why is he the biggest head on there? Who Toby Keith? Because they probably wanted to see someone someone could recognize. You know, that's yeah, a recognizable person. Carrie Underwood, person. her picture was like this big. I mean, well, three inches is what I'm <laughs> showing people. <laughs> she, she and you talk on. about me on the podcast. <laughs> this big. Um, but uh, who else is from Oklahoma? Oh, I'm trying to think of who else was on that thing. Uh, Will? Oh no, he's Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Indi- Indiana. I want. They even Indiana. had animals. I thought. Yeah, like famous bison. animals famous. from Oklahoma. <laughs> Not necessarily famous, yeah. but There's native animals. Steve the cat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some of the foods they had was natural peach buckle, uh, pecan pie. Uh, seared buffalo, which I had, which yeah. is just yeah. pretty good. Four fifty. Three, three sister. There's like two two boots over there. One's like a Route sixty six. Yeah, one's mm-hmm. called the Rose Rock Diner, and yeah. the other one's called Three Sisters. Three Cafe. sisters. And at Three Sisters, they have the Three Sisters soup. And you said the buffalo with the scallop. It's made out of the Three Sisters. <laughs> yeah, and then they have uh, some some type of ice. Who snorted? It wasn't me. I did. <laughs> We got somebody to snort. I knew it wasn't Peter. I know his snort. So, and then there's some iced tea. Evidently, it's big. Iced tea is big in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So, it's well done. Uh, I drove by there the other day, and there was somebody up on the stage doing some kind of story about the history of. of uh, I don't know. I drove by too fast, but <laughs> they, they do. So, thanks for mentioning it. <laughs> Food and wine, rapid fire. I drove by by something really fast. It was about something. I don't know what. But they have a drive-in set up? No, they they had like a stage that uh, people go up and tell stories about Oklahoma. Yeah, they had performances all day. So they were telling stories about Oklahoma? Yeah. Well, they they perform like every day. Mm -hmm. They're they're performers, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They weren't performing. We were there. He was dressed up in some kind of army outfit from 100 years ago. But uh, <laughs> I'm so glad we sent our crack team of reporters yeah, out. I'm so glad. I'm Somebody so glad. did something at some stage. It, part of the time it was raining. And it didn't help us. Actually, both days that Corey and I were there, it did rain on us. It rained a lot. I went over there and I, I just kept getting wet. So, you know, we had to take what we could from under an umbrella and, and stuff. So we'll be going back and, you know, updating some of the stuff as we go along. But And so after Oklahoma, um, you go into France. Their their main item there is escargot. Oh, I love escargot from well, the quiche. Well, I like the quiche. That was really good. Did they have the onion tartlet this year? No. No. 
Mm. No onion tartlet. Sorry. No, didn't make the cut. They it was also sort of, last year, too. Yeah. They have some sort of weird red cocktail, though. It's made from St. Germain liqueur, vodka, and cranberry juice. I saw a lot of people getting that. Yeah, but it didn't look too good to me. Yeah, well, we'll try it. <clears throat> and they had uh, great beers of the world that they always have um, around the U.K., where you can get, you But know. they did change some of the beers this year. Like, Brahma is new. It's a Brazilian beer. Yes. And you can get Stella Artois. Bass, which was there last year in Bass. Labatt was new, too. Different ounces. Six ounce, 12 ounce, and 22 ounces. Because mm-hmm. that's in, like, the yard dog. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then there's New Zealand. Um, we didn't try anything from New Zealand. That didn't interest me. Lamb and marinated seafood. I was going to try the lamb, but it's, I think they have it, like, in a, a sandwich form. You have it on, you get it on a roll. So I wouldn't move for that. Also, you're probably full by that time. You're probably like not too, bombed. Not not too full though for a thimble of cheddar cheese soup. Canada's next. <laughs> the thimble. <laughs> Seriously, they, they didn't like, give a lot. The bowl used to be filled to the top. Right. Now it's more like halfway oh, full. It is half full. Same price, I'm sure. No more. more. It's half empty. <laughs> really? Yeah, it went up by a quarter. Yeah. So up they, by uh, a quarter, you know down by half. Actually, everyone, <laughs> everyone <laughs> listening, everyone listening. Go get your cheddar cheese cheese soup. Make them fill it up. Tell don't you even think about it. Fill it up. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah, every, everything went up there at Canada. You know that's fine. You need to raise the price. I understand that. Don't raise the price and then cut the portion in half. Mm-mm. That's that's insane. And what was it? Three fifty for that serving of soup. Uh, Three dollars. Three dollars. It was I think two seventy five last year. Yeah. And then the salmon is three seventy five, and then you can get the yeah. the maple custard topped with. Almond crumbs. I've had that maple cut. That's a lot of maple. Yeah, it's I'm not a big really maple. Mapley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like mapley is a word that that's it's it's really mapley. Okay. The accuracy of a word, the existence of a word, has never stopped you before, <laughs> no, and it's not going to stop me today. So. Uh, then across from Canada is Greece. That's one of my favorite stops. The Greek salad is to die for. Yeah, Diana likes that too. Julie mm-hmm. likes to do the World Showcase counterclockwise, and she likes to start off with the my Greek soup, salad, salad, then the soup, <laughs> and then that kind of starts That's what her I day like off. to do it. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I always go towards Canada first. I don't know why. Yeah, I love it. I much I, prefer. Anytime, even when it's not food and wine festival, that seems to be the way we go. Mm-hmm. The, the last two booths uh, were Peru. This was a great exhibit what you're talking per- about peru and uh dominican republic they're right there as the at the start of the uh the rose walk if you take the rose walk over to future world it's right in the corner there and one uh peru's on the left and uh dominican republic's on the right and i'd have to say the dominican republic enthusiasm was right up there too mm-hmm, they were. you know there was a lot of stuff going on in there and uh um, protests? Going, no, <laughs> no protests. But overthrowing uh, the government coups. You know, as far as the food in Peru, I have no idea what it was. <laughs> there was a yellow <laughs> potato with crab fast. salad. Yeah. No, it doesn't give you a description. It, it gives you just the just, Spanish name. Yeah, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm looking at the Spanish words, and I have no idea what those things are. There was duck with cilantro rice and yellow potato with crab salad. Why didn't the heck they didn't just say that? They're trying to be authentic, Bob. Oh, well, it didn't work for me. I, I didn't eat there. So. But it's really neat because if, you, if you've been before Food and Wine and they had it kind of all blockaded off, you know, to do up this area for the Food and Wine Festival, they have like a fake brick wall, but it, it looks pretty almost authentic, you know, like fake adobe bricks or whatever. Yeah. So you feel like you're walking into a, a Dominican or Peruvian village. It's really neat. 
It's very yeah. bright. They also had performers there. Um, when we were leaving, they were they were all dancing out there, and they you know they had a little three man band. Yeah, it was good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the enthusiasm for the for the festival is is great all around, you know, and it it just it was exciting in there. How does it compare to last year's? Better, better. I think it's better. Better, better. The in only thing, what regard? Um, better in how Not better in I, prices. I, what? I said not better in prices. Not better in prices, but better in uh, just overall content of what's going on there. Uh, and, you know, I thought they expanded some of their their food booths so that they can move people faster. I mean, they, they're trying to move the people faster through them. And I just think, you know, they they were better prepared this year. Yeah, the I theming this year is tastefully inspired. Yeah. And they're, they're playing off the whole Ratatouille thing which is a nice tie-in with the with the movie you know as you walk into the park there's like a big oversized uh thing of cheese yeah can i get my word in edgewise now <laughs> edgewise. i kept trying yeah. to say something <laughs> the only thing that i didn't like um when i was in greece there was not one person from greece working in that booth and normally every year you know whatever booth you visit it's always somebody from that country who's helping you you know with an accent or that can barely speak english or whatever but i always liked that I like interacting with the people from the country. Yeah. I mean, I was in Greece, and the guy was from Indiana. No offense, Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we have a theme going here, Will. I'm just saying, you know, I expected to see the guy from Greece. <laughs> so you had a Greek-American salad? Yeah. You expected <laughs> John Travolta to wait on you? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, what did you, um, what did you, which pavilion did you like the least? The least. Um... Yeah, it's tough because I haven't tried them all. I'm going to say mine would... Of the ones you tried. ...be Morocco, just Morocco. because nothing yeah. interests me there as far as food or even the drinks. I mean, mm-hmm. I love the pavilion itself, but as far as food and wine, it's not one of my stops. I wasn't as happy on the the right side of the uh, As You Go Around World Showcase as... No, the left side, I'm sorry, as you go around through Mexico and that. I wasn't as happy with the... The food choices over there, this is me personally. Uh, mm-hmm. Julie liked Mexico. My wife, Diana, liked Mexico. and uh, But I just felt it was, you know, it was just strange on that side. But Where was the festival merchandise set up? Was it set up to the entrance of World Showcase, or did they have it over? Uh, it's the same place it yeah. was last year. Where um, It's set up right across from the whole Dominican Republic mm-hmm. area. They sell the, the new... Uh, you know, the new posters and the new pan, food and wine pan. shirts yeah. and stuff like that. I think they had more, like, food and wine festival booths this year. Like, I talked about the Turkish Bazaar, you know, and then they also have the normal food and wine booths. Yeah. Or, well, there's 28 know. of them this year, so I'm not sure if that's more or less. But, you know, you talked about the entrance to uh, Epcot. They did a great job with mm-hmm. with the entrance. They didn't just stick a sign in the in the flower bed and say food and wine this year. They, you know, they got uh, this big topiary type thing that looks like a piece of cheese with a different color greens. And I actually everything. thought that, I actually think that looks lame. I do too. Yeah, it's like they they've taken cardboard cutouts of ratatouille and a yeah. big thing of wine. I, I last year they had more topiaries with yeah. the whole. Um, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. I thought the entrance was kind of cheesy this year. No puns intended. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) There was one big topiary, which was a big wedge of cheese, but everything else was sort of these cardboard cutouts. Cardboard cutouts, yeah, you're right. It was a bottle of wine. It was the poster, and it was uh, Ratatouille himself. What what pavilion did you like the most? I already said Mon Mexico. I I just... 
It's a great start. I liked Oklahoma. I, I really did. I think they they took some time and, and they put their heart into it. I say Turkey. And, yeah, yeah, Turkey's right there too. Those two. But I mean, in my opinion, they really did a good job of expanding culturally on some of these booths. You know, not just the food and the wine or the beer or whatever. They're actually trying to show you kind of how these people live or you know certain. Uh, Instead of just having a stand, like a lemonade stand, right. Right. Up, you know, <laughs> right. where they've thrown food at you, that's a good thing. Right. Peru, Dominican Republic, Australia, even uh, Turkey and Oklahoma. Turkey and Oklahoma. You know, they really expanded and uh, did something, you know. So, and then, you know, there's the other parts. I, I did two of the. Uh, uh, Dining, what was it, the, the parties? Uh, parties for the senses? Yeah. Eat, eating? Eat to the beat? Eat to the beat. Oh, dear God. Oh, boy, that was a tough one here, guys. But <laughs> This, I, is, why, this yeah. is why a sentence takes three minutes. Do you know how hard it is to read Bob's mind? You have to know Braille. <laughs> Got to get through all the cobwebs and useless information in there. Yeah, it's, I have to focus through all that stuff before I can get to the... It's like, Talking like to the playing Pictionary. <laughs> I actually saw, I found my page, uh, Al Stewart, who something, it's Year of the Cat. I didn't know many of his songs, but last night, uh, Diana and I went to see the Beach Boys. Boys. Yeah, there were two. <laughs> uh, and uh, she went to the 5 o'clock show, and she didn't have to really wait in line. She just got there and walked in. But the shows after that, the 7 o'clock show, she had got in line, and she was down near France when I caught up to her uh, with our friends to go in, and we we got in pretty good. Here's a tip on, on, the, on that. Uh, the 7 o'clock show and the last show, uh, 8.15, everything lines up going towards France. Uh, Italy, from from the the America Pavilion, so they close off that area out by the water that they usually wind everybody through for a line. So, so the seven o'clock and eight fifteen show, everybody lines up. You end up over in Germany to be in line for the show. So if if the seven o'clock show gets out, go towards Japan when you're exiting. Don't go towards Germany because. Everything gets funneled down into a small area. So that's just a tip I, I found. It was just crazy, crazy with all those people in that one area. And uh, But the shows are good, and uh, pretty much everybody got in to see them. So I, I recommend you know checking the schedule out for who's going to be there when you, when you get here. But it was well worth it. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I have got to get down there this week. You do. And uh, and check it out. You'll so. enjoy it. October 17th, Little Richard's going to perform. Ooh. I know you've been waiting for that. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to move on to... Uh, I just like making her do that. <laughs> <laughs> we actually saw him last year. Sorry. We're going to move on to our next segment, and we're going to discuss some of uh, Epcot's 25th uh, anniversary celebration. We went to the 25th anniversary celebration at Epcot on Monday. I was surprised at the number of people there. It was very, very crowded. Uh, we got there early. I mean, 
these days we never get to a park early, and we were there about ten minutes to nine. Right. I would think the first, the whole front left parking lot of Epcot was all filled up already. Mm. They yeah. started funneling people into the right side already at ten minutes to nine. So we kind of knew we were in for something when we got there. When we walked in. Just after you pass under Spaceship Earth, there was this huge line of people. And everybody that coming in under Spaceship Earth got in this line. So I got in the line, and John said, I'm not standing in line until I know what I'm standing in line for. Because it could be dead popes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've been there before. So I stood in line, and he walked forward. We were in the line for the pins they were uh, selling. Mm. And... We decided that we didn't want any of those, so we got out of line very quickly. So you know where the pin trader is. Is that what that line was for? Yep. We yeah. walked in, and the line was wrapping all the way to like the end of Spaceship Earth. It was it started at the pin trader, and plus they had a queue set up at the pin trader. So yep. there was a switch back in there. Then the line went all the way down to Spaceship Earth. It was nuts. We got out of that line and walked around up past the pin trader and realized that there was another line that we walked over to see what they were in line for, and they were selling limited edition T-shirts. There was a T-shirt sold on the 25th anniversary, a blue T-shirt with the original poster for Epcot that said the 21st century begins on October 1st, 1982. <laughs> it has the Epcot 25th logo on the back of it, and they were limited to 1,982 T-shirts. Mm. That's all they sold. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are. They're, they're nice. You picked me up one. Right. We also went into Mouse Gears. They were selling a special edition uh, plush for the 25th anniversary, it's Figment dressed up in his top hat and his tux. Yeah. And they were limited to 1982, I believe. Oh, 2000. Well, 2000. Figment. Sorry. So we have a couple of those to give away. Sign up, Julie. <laughs> um, and they also sold a limited edition Epcot 25th anniversary watch. And that's limited to 200. Really cool. Yeah, it's limited to 250. And I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. We also have one of those to give away. Wow. An LE250 watch. Uh, after that, we st- went to, uh, they, they had the stage set up at the far end of the international fountain mm-hmm. and, um, it was mobbed, absolutely mobbed with people. And they started the presentation at 10.01 to coincide with the one 25 years ago. And Jim McPhee, the head of Epcot, and I believe her name was Karen Yu. I apologize. I know her last name was Yu, Y-O-O, but I'm not entirely sure her first name was Karen. I believe it was. They came out and they sort of did a little pre-show until the star of the show came out, and that was Marty Sklar. Marty Sklar started with Walt Disney, and uh, a month before Disneyland opened, he was hired to write a tabloid-style newspaper for Disneyland. It was one of the theming elements Walt wanted on Main Street to have a a daily newspaper come out on Main Street. And Marty Sklar was hired just out of college. He is the only living employee, Disney employee, to have opened all 11 theme parks worldwide. Wow. He is now the head of Imagineering. So he's worked his way up. He's, oh, a Disney, yeah. he's a Disney legend. Disney legend. I have to tell you, if you ever have a chance to hear Marty Sklar speak, it is well worth your time, energy, uh, jump any hurdle you have you're if right. you're a Disney fan. Mm-hmm. He talks about things that only he has access to. I certainly hope they're recording him for posterity because he has information that when in, it's his time to go, is going to go with him. And he's just absolutely the most fascinating person to listen to if you're a Disney fan. Part of the ceremony was they did this thing where they introduced the cast members, quote unquote. They had a cast member from each of the 
areas come out holding a sign. And a future world. Future they did that world. first. Right. So everybody applauded when the, the cast members came out. And then they introduced the different countries. And the different countries came out. Everybody held a sign. And each was holding a vessel containing water from their home country. And they rededicated the fountain. I, right. saw, I thought that was so That's cool. That's really cool. cool. They all poured their water into the fountain. And as they did that... The fountains went up and did a fountain, did a water show. Yeah. There Shortly were, after that, there were fireworks all around on um, what used to be Communicore and is now Interventions. There were fireworks from the top of that. Uh, it, Mickey, or I'm sorry, Marty Sklar was uh, escorted out by Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. And he asked, they asked how many people were in Epcot for the first time, and nobody raised their hand. Hmm. Then they asked how many people uh, were here for on the first day we're here on uh october 1st 1982 and i'm gonna guess a quarter of the people there raised their hand really yeah it was amazing then he asked how many people in the audience were cast members and i think their group the group that was there was mostly uh, made up of cast members a huge amount i'm gonna guess more than half of the hands went up wow i I thought what was interesting was jim mcphee said that he was a cast member, but he was in the parking lot opening day, working the parking lot yep. that day. And he's vice president of operations for Epcot. And just up. a great guy, too. I talked to him for a few minutes. It was, it was very cool. In addition to the ceremony itself, they were doing some things that were uh, sort of a throwback to opening day. They put up the original signs for interventions over the old signs, so you can see what that was like. They were playing... Um, music and sort of um, audio clips from that time so you can hear what they was actually said at that time. When you walked in, everybody who came through the turnstile got a commemorative park map, which again shows that poster, the original poster from 1982. And as you opened up the map, one side of the map is the map of today and the other side of the map was printed. It was a recreation of the original park map, which was kind of cool. Also, everybody got a commemorative button that said Epcot's 25th anniversary. I wore mine all day. Did you? (laughs) We also have um, one of those to give away. That pack map was hard to come by, too. People were trying to get those. And were they hoarding them? Well, Well, they ran out, but those are, uh, if you have one, you're, you're lucky. Yeah, they ran out very quickly. Uh, this a lot of this stuff was very limited, and from what I, my understanding, uh, some of the larger edition pins were available later in the day. However, the T-shirts sold out within the first two hours, and the watches sold out within the first hour of the park opening. Hmm. It just we just lucked into them. Wow! So, and that park was jammed. It was very it crowded. Was really crowded. After the opening ceremony, uh, Marty Sklar actually spoke in. I got this wrong how many times? What's the name of the pavilion? <laughs> it was, it's the Land Pavilion. Marty Sklar did three, spe- or three seminars over the course of the day. There was I kept one sending Bob to the Wonders of Life. Yeah. Like, Where's the Wonders <laughs> of Life Pavilion? Yeah, no. So I'm going the opposite way. I, sh- I should have been going. It was in the Land Pavilion, and it's in the theater where they show the Circle of Life. It used to be the movie Symbiosis. I haven't been in there since 1982. <laughs> um, it's a I, big theater. I guarantee you this is the first time that theater has been full in many years. Yeah. He did three seminars, one at 11.30, I believe, one at 2, and one at 4.30. And he spoke about Epcot, and he spoke about the way it was created. I was fascinated. I learned things I had never heard before. Um, he talked about Walt's original dream for this and how originally Walt uh, envisioned this to be right across the lagoon from the Magic Kingdom. 
where the parking lot is for the Magic yeah. Kingdom oh, was where wow. Epcot was going to be. That was the first incarnation of Epcot. Epcot changed dramatically over the course of several years. Uh, at one point, it was originally going to be two separate theme parks. There was going to be a future world and a world showcase. And it was at a meeting, and I apologize. It's one of the Disney names that you hear over and over and over again, but I can't remember which one. Somebody, they actually had physical models of the two parks. John Hinch. John Hinch. And he said, I think this would be better if we did this as one park and push the two models together. And that's how Epcot became what it is today. Huh. He's, they showed uh, one of the original models of Epcot was... Um, sort of the same design now, except it was all buildings. And each of the building faces were the same, almost looked like storefronts. And then the back of the buildings would expand out and be as big or as small as the individual country or company wanted to participate in. The problem was that the companies were getting upset because it was like GM said, I don't want the same storefront space as you're giving um, some small country, Morocco. You know, so that's why it sort of morphs into what it is today instead of everybody having sort of equal space, which was Walt's original vision, was nobody was going to predominate Epcot over someone else. The other thing that was interesting, where the, the fountain was is right now, was originally going to be something called the Court of Flags, and each country's flag was going to be flown there. And Marty Sklar talked about the fact that even in the United States, the rules that uh, regulate the showing of the American flag are vast. It can only be shown a certain way. It has to be shown a certain way. Well, each country has their own rules and regulations. Oh, that's crazy. And in order that he actually said they would have to have a staff to do nothing but raise and lower flags. So that was scrap. Did you imagine? That was scrap. What do you do? Raise and lower flags at Epcot? <laughs> <laughs> then he mentioned that the water, as you're going from Future World to World Showcase, the one on the left, the reason there's water there is it was a sinkhole and they couldn't do anything else with it but he fill actually, it in. He actually said the distance between Spaceship Earth and the entrance to World Showcase wasn't supposed to be that sort of vast walkway. There was supposed to be stuff there. But as they were doing the core samples of the Earth, they found that there's a giant sinkhole to the left. Yeah. Right in front of what's the Odyssey Restaurant. Or the Odyssey building. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a sinkhole. That's a sinkhole. That's a sinkhole. <laughs> he said the only thing there is the world's most expensive monorail pylon. He said, I think it goes all the way to the other side of the earth. I'm yeah, not sure. To China. <laughs> so, um, Fascinating. He showed pictures. Um, he actually showed the original picture of Walt uh, standing on the slightly excavated grounds of Walt Disney World and the big X where Cinderella's castle was going to be. He also talked about something, and I've heard him use this word before. Uh, Walt Disney had a word. Uh, it, above and beyond everything else, Walt Disney was a movie maker. So he really thought in terms of making movies. And one of the things that he talked about was that every scene in a movie has what they call the weenie. Yeah. It's his word. And the weenie is the thing that draws your attention. When you look at something, if you're standing at the train station looking down Main Street, obviously the weenie is Cinderella Castle. And what he said was, as you walk, as you approach the weenie, Everything else has to sort of fit into it. At the, some point, I'm going to have to say something. You know, I figured yeah. you were. As you um, approach the weenie. How many as, times can you say weenie without Pete exploding? Exactly. <laughs> as you approach the weenie, the details have to fill in the story. And what was interesting was the America's Pavilion was supposed to be the centerpiece of Epcot. And as you enter, exited Future World, it was going to be this round building and everybody was going to funnel under this. Well, they were afraid that people would stop there. 
that yeah. they would not venture further into World Showcase. So that's how the America Pavilion got to be pushed to the far end of World Showcase. They also showed um, some clips on a screen of the countries that were originally supposed to be in Epcot. Uh, we've all heard Israel was supposed to be part of Epcot. However, the, however, they showed the original artists' conceptions of what they were going to look like. Mm-hmm. They were fascinating. Yeah, they, they were. They really were. They're yeah. much different than what's actually there. Really? Yeah. They showed Africa was going to be a country and it was going to be a lush, tropical Yeah, it was supposed to be back like, there by Mexico, like, huh? Yeah. Costa corner. Rica was one of the original countries approached. Oh. And they were going to have, it was all going to be inside and it was going to be a rainforest. In, in closed rainforest. The other thing they originally thought was there would be no walkway around World Showcase. You would go from place to place by boat. Every place would have a pier or a dock on the lagoon. Oh, that would be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, the, the artist rendering of it was absolutely beautiful. I'm sure, but the in, in, in reality, trying to move that many people by boat from place to place. Talk is, about the frustration. Yeah. They also originally thought that they would build a version of the largest city from each of the World Showcase countries. And what they realized was that if you're in downtown Barcelona, you could be in downtown Mexico City or downtown Vancouver, Canada. It's it, m- Modern architecture has become so sort of ubiquitous. Yeah, that you couldn't really tell. And that's how they changed it to iconic architecture for each country, that it was going to be you were actually mm-hmm. – you would know where you were just by glancing around. He showed, um, in addition to the slideshow and everything he talked about, he showed – a uh, piece of a movie. He was asked to write a, a small movie for Walt to present the idea of Epcot to people to sort of get them to invest in it and allow this to go forward. And also to sort of, he had to lay the groundwork for the fact that um, they needed to have governmental control over this land. And he showed the two different endings that Walt recorded because they recorded one just to show in Florida to get the people in Florida to buy into this project and one that they recorded just for uh corporations to give donations and why it was important for them to donate to this project to get them to to sign participate in the product it was very interesting the other thing he talked about and i didn't know this was that the countries of the world showcase are not the actual sponsors of the pavilions in the countries of world showcase there's something called the bie the bureau of international exposition and no country is allowed to be part of an exposition for more than six months and almost all the countries of the world are members of this BIE. I had never heard of this before. And when they first started this, each country was going to be a sponsor of their own country. And once they once they figured out that the BIE would not allow that to happen, they approached businesses. They approached corporations within the countries. So the countries in Epcot are actually sponsored by corporations within the countries and not the countries themselves, except Morocco. The king of Morocco told everybody he didn't care about the BIE. (laughs) So Morocco is actually sponsored by Morocco. That's cool. Wow. It must be why they have such, I mean, to me, it's one of the best pavilions and, you know, they have that, that great performance band with the dancer and everything. I love There's that. a couple of places in Epcot that I feel you can really become immersed. Ep- uh, Morocco is one of them. Absolutely. You can actually get back in yeah. there and forget where you are. Yeah. There's a spot in um, Germany as you come out of the German restaurant that you can't really see anything else and you're surrounded by that courtyard of the little yeah. shops and things mm-hmm. like that. I feel that architecture is immersive also. Those are a couple, just a couple of the spots where mm-hmm. I think you can actually forget where you are. He talked a lot about the uh, American Pavilion, the show there, and how that was such a groundbreaking uh, piece of work 
they developed the mechanisms before they had any show in place because they knew what they wanted to do. They wanted the, the, the movie to pop off the screen and be able to do this sort of interlaced uh, things rising up and falling down in the same place. So they built that uh, ap- uh, apparatus before they had any idea what the show was going to be. Hmm. He also tells the story of the fact that when they decided that they were going to do it, they were going to have somebody from the last couple of centuries. Ben Franklin represented the 1700s. Mark Twain represented the 1800s. And then uh, the 1900s. They tried to pick an iconic figure from the 1900s. And he said they asked literally everyone. Everyone involved in Disney. And they every they never came up with the same names twice. Hmm. And they said what they decided was to leave it with um, Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain. They said 100 years from now that generation will be able to look back and pick the iconic central figure Mm -hmm. that we're too close to it to anybody to agree. Well, they sort of settled on Will Rogers. They needed that voice and they settled on Will Rogers, but they think that the future generations will decide who the voice was. For they went around. They went around to the cast members of Disney. Okay, Julie's I'm making sorry. the face. If that show is still around in a hundred years, something's wrong. I don't Julie's know made, who Will Rogers is. That's exactly the point he was that's, making. Yeah. That there are too many people in this generation who wouldn't know who Will Rogers you know was. How you, you know the, the most entertaining way to learn about Will Rogers? Go out and buy the soundtrack to the Will Rogers Follies, the Broadway show from the eighties. Outrageously good. Keith Carradine. So he was, he was a Broadway he, actor. No, he was sort of a, poli- <laughs> he was, he a was political a, satirist. Yeah, Think he, of like a Bill Maher of okay. that period of time. Yeah, like Voltaire. But he also did. He was also uh, was a Voltaire. recording. <laughs> he, Just he, he also uh, he, he was also a recording artist. He was also a film star. Um, he was a columnist. Uh, okay. He was you know he was a, a social he, commentator. Yeah. Okay. And was very very popular. Have you ever heard the expression "I never met a man I didn't like"? Yeah, that that's was Will Rogers. Rogers. So it was very interesting yeah. to hear him talk about these things. Marty mentioned at the end of the show. You're on the first name basis now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like this. Uh, but he mentioned the the redo of the movie uh, show and that he actually gets emotional when he sees it because it's so impacting on, on, on him. I just have to reiterate one thing before we close this out. If you ever have the chance... To hear Mr. Sklar speak, I guarantee you, you will be fascinated beyond your imagination. He tells stories that you sit there and your mouth drops open and you think, as a Disney fan, I can't believe that this one person has this these experiences and this information. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. And just one more thing about the, the ceremony itself. We didn't get over to the uh, restaurants, but apparently they had... Um they had menus from when the park opened. Right. The it. restaurant served opening day menus. Wow. We didn't yeah. get there. Now, Bob, you also met a few people uh, when you were over I, in Epcot. I did. I, I met a, a four, four people. Uh, I met Mark and Robin, and they're from the U.K. Uh, the, I guess the town is Plymouth. And they met me over. There's an exhibit that's going on over in near... Uh, Interventions uh, that <laughs> he'll just continue to call it that for the rest, yeah, of for the rest of eternity. But there's a room there that has all the different countries and memorabilia that I recommend everybody go see. It's only going to be there for like I think 60 days or so. Uh, but I met them there, and uh, so I met them. I met a Runa from Holland, and she told me about the Halloween. Uh, 
decorations at Fort Wilderness. And Alicia was at the Illuminations, and she's from uh, Parsippany, New Jersey. Her and her husband. He actually got that right. Good job. Her and her husband, Phil, were out there with me for the Illuminations. uh, I would have imagined Parsippany. Reading is fundamental. I got nervous. I don't know what happened. But (laughs) they were out there with us in the the rain, and uh, I actually shot the video of the special Illuminations, and that was really uh, a good thing to see. And then... uh, on Food and Wine Day, the first day, I met Kathy from Central New Jersey, and if you go to the pod boards, uh, she's on there with a picture with me that her mom took, uh, so I met those four people. I thought that was pretty cool. I saw you showing off your boot in the photo. That, that was, photo yeah. is hilarious. Funny. You really are standing like a power ring. <laughs> I just want to say, Kathy, she was very nice, and she got to sit on She looks camp. great. Yeah, so... She was oh she was so thrilled that she was there and even uh, Mark and Robin, they they talked to Diana while I was taking pictures in this exhibit, and they said well just tell them I said hi and she and said, they're no, still no, okay no. yeah no they ended up uh, I had an antenna one of the Diz antenna toppers the green balls Diana was throwing them at people wasn't no, she no Mark and Robin ended up getting one I didn't have anything for the other people but. Kathy got a picture with me, and she sat at cat cam. So, did I, you have your uh, your lights, your orange lights on your cart? I had the orange lights on the cart for yes. If yes. you're at Epcot or if you're at Disney at night and you see a cart go by with orange lights all over, orange that's, Christmas lights. That's Bob. <laughs> that's Bob. <laughs> okay, well, you know the orange Christmas lights are not necessarily going to give them away. Everything else will. <laughs> well, at night, cat cam, but kind of zooms by. But, Bob know, is Bob is the weenie, no matter where he's driving. <laughs> <laughs> he is the focal point. Eyes automatically go to him. I, I just have to say one thing, Peter. In so many ways, he's in, the weenie. In going around and doing all this stuff and getting to meet people from the U.K. and Holland it, it, and New Jersey, uh, it's You're like, just like an ambassador. <laughs> you know three people from New Jersey already. I know, but I know two more people. Well, I actually know five more people now. So that's it for me. All right, thank you, Bob, and thanks uh, to everybody who spots Bob for Putting going up, up and going up and saying hello to him. We know that's not easy. Hi, Hector. And uh, we really, uh, we really do appreciate that you uh, you humor him. Uh, so we're going to move on, actually. And uh, Julie Martin has uh, her latest installment of store tours, which she actually got to do on the ship. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your your time on the Wonder last week before we cut to Julie's uh, Julie's segment. It was so nice to be back on the Disney Cruise Line. It's been it it's been over a year since we've been on it. Uh, I'm re- I got to be honest with you, especially after this week, I am so jonesing to be on the Magic. Then you should go. I really, I'm I'm thinking seriously about it. I'm really seriously thinking about just getting out of Dodge. I have to say, one of the the nicest things for me, anyway, that I noticed a, a change was in the Quiet Cove area. You know, the adult area. They redid the pool area. It's um, all kind of a, a light mosaic, you know, with tans and creams, and it almost looks like marble. Yeah, they redid the tile work all the way through uh, from the pool all the way to signals. Uh-huh. We haven't been on the Wonder since before they added the big screen. It went through rehab. So the it was, aerial view television. The aerial view, <laughs> yeah. It was really nice to see it all, you know, change, and also with the new uh, the, the kid area over by the uh, Mickey pool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, there was a lot of changes that we uh, we had to check out. It was nice. The, the highlight of the trip. 
was the two stops at Castaway. We stayed there for two days, and which was excellent because the weather we had on the cruise from day one all the way to the end was horrible. Always cloudy and rained every day. But uh, there were a few few hours each day at Castaway where the sun was out and it was just gorgeous. So you add up both of those. We had a very a nice, nice day. day at Castaway. <laughs> Did they stay on the dock? No, we left because you know how they do the, the pirate show at night and shoot the fireworks off yeah. the ship? So you, they have to leave away from the island. Okay. Also because of the bugs, they said, are really bad there at night. Well, they didn't very tell us bad. that. Well, I mean, we, <laughs> they say for safety yeah. reasons. I mean, not even the cast okay. members who live on the island go outside at night. So. This is our first time staying in a state, um, the porthole stateroom. We didn't get, we didn't have a veranda. It was, it was, it nice, was nice. Such a tough life. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was something different. This is our first time having to travel in steerage, <laughs> <laughs> especially after our trip on the celebrity. No, I can't well, say that. when you've been to the Mediterranean, the Bahamas are just so passe. <laughs> I like being in those staterooms because it, you can control. The temperature in the room better, you know. There's you also can. no there's also no risk that Diana's going to throw you off the balcony. Throw me off the balcony, so. but the, the main reason is that you don't when you open the the door outside, all the air just cold air gets sucked out. Well, and also you have more privacy too, because when you're yeah. when you have those verandas, you can kind of like peek your head over and kind of look in the next one. I've never done it, I've but I know Pete peeked. had an experience. It was nice though. With uh, it was nice that Pete had yeah, the experience. this woman, this woman, yeah, that's right, the woman that I was in my underwear. These are all things said by people who couldn't get a veranda. <laughs> I like this so much better. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> I can't see out. It's great. No, actually, they could have gotten a veranda and chose yeah. the porthole. Yeah, we did. We they had chose to cover the porthole it. because yeah. we have we don't you know we haven't stayed in one. No. They were working. I mean, it was. No, I were. actually loved yeah. it. You know, I would open it up every morning. Like you said, you don't have to worry about being dressed to look out your window or you know whatever. Which was a nice uh, unless you parked to an, next to another ship. Yeah, <laughs> <That would be laughs> the morning of Nassau. I yeah. said, okay, maybe I won't open the curtains. Well, yeah, <laughs> you see, well, I have to worry. I have to worry about Walter now. Walter, if it was legal, Walter would never wear clothes. He's a free spirit. <laughs> he would never wear clothes. He has no trouble walking out on that balcony, butt naked. <laughs> I'm that way. And, <laughs> oh, man. Well, oh, my, my eyes. My <laughs> eyes. <laughs> we also learned that they're going to start trying out some new shows in wave bands. You know how they always have the 60s party, the 70s party, and mm-hmm. the 80s party? Well, they're going to start doing something new. We're the not 90s sure. party? No. Thank, hopefully not. <laughs> so innovative. <laughs> it's like, come on, ride the train. <laughs> the Britney Spears dance off. <laughs> She would lose. She probably yeah. would, John. She can't go out on the balcony either. So I thought that was cool that they're going to have some new she shows. She can't bring her kids on the ship out. either. Um, what did they say what they were? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the, Did they say? I didn't think so. Just that they were going to be trying them out. Then it's going to be High School Musical 3. The party. Well, you know, see. every night that we walk through there, those places were... Not jumping. No, they never. I, I never see them really hopping. Yeah, they, Only in the early night when they have like the match your mate game. Yeah. Um, and things like that, or like a dance off, where they do the the YMCA and the Saturday Night Fever stuff. It's not a party so, crowd. It's not a party crowd in a Disney show. It's not, but I wish they would do a little more because you do have a lot of younger couples like Corey and myself that maybe don't have children, you know, and even older people who are like traveling me. may want to stay out. You know, he's you not with his children or you could get together and play kids. cards or something. Yeah, the crowd yeah, goes down fun. as the cruise goes on. <laughs> the last night it was completely empty. It was. We just wanted like a last hurrah. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. We did do the wine tasting. Yeah. Um, stern to stem. Or is it stem, stem to stern? Stem, stem to, to stern. stern. Yeah. And actually they that. were... 
two of the people, well, no, just one of the girls. She was the same one we had on the last cruise, Becky from UK. It's a nice intimate UK. little thing. You know, it's, it's not all, it's not very crowded. And you it's get also the, not, it's not like a real wine tasting. It's really yeah. just sort of a fun get together thing. Right. We've done it before. It's, well, I felt like it was real. Well, you know what I mean. Did I dream it? Don't she break her dreams. Little, she did the whole little "I'm a little teapot" thing. Yeah, <laughs> you really ticked her off. So overall, um, the wonder, good, oh, bad. All of the the upgrades that have been made are great. We had a great time. So it looked great. No bad, yes, no bad experiences. How about yeah. the uh, service? Service was great. This we had one one incident. Well, our stateroom attendant wasn't like we we remember, and this is. You know, this is like more than a million. And I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but we had a female for the first time as well. We've always had a male. I mean, one day we came back into our room and she had turned our AC all the way up. It was like a steam bath in there. I mean, it was so hot. Really? Yeah, I'm like, why would she have done this? You know, I'm like thinking to myself. Yeah, we had to leave it the was room strange. to let it cool yeah, let it off cool a little down. bit. It, it was a few details she was missing out on, but that was the only thing. The really. only thing. Wow. And we also didn't get to eat at Paolo. They were book saw the entire time. Wow. Yeah. We were kind of hoping to get to on do that. Th- on the three and the four yeah. night cruises, it's a lot tougher to get your Palo reservation. It really is. You also mentioned, too, that um, this was a, a cruise where they released a lot of discounts. Right. Florida residents, travel agents, these are the people who know about the cruise, so they probably just booked everything. There up. were a lot of travel agents. There were a lot of uh, Florida residents. Mm-hmm. It seems and like, cast members. Yeah, and cast members. Cast members, too. Every time they had like a big group of people and they would say, oh, where are you from? Everybody, yeah, Florida, Florida. Oh, you're right here. You're right here. Yeah. We heard that a lot. So I, a lot of people booked it last minute. Yeah. Like, kind of like us. I chatted with a lot of people in the pool that were cast members. Um, I actually ran into one family when I was doing my store tour on the ship. I, you know, I'm sitting here writing and talking to myself. People are already looking at me because <laughs> I'm talking into this little machine. <laughs> but he, I had on my disunplug tank and I had on like the cruise line, the little jacket that I bought, but I don't have it on. Um, he said, do you work for the Diz? No, do you run the Diz boards? That's what he said. And I was looking at him and I said, no. (laughs) I said, but I do work for WDWinfo.com. And so we got to talking, you know, and I was telling him about the podcast, which he's never listened to, but he is always on the boards and on the site. So, you know, I mentioned it to him and I said, go and listen. So I want to say hi to the Goofy Bunch in case he is listening for the first time. (laughs) But they were really nice to talk to. Speaking of working, it was nice to be able to access the internet from the stateroom. Mm -hmm. That was a first for me on the Disney cruise. I always, I'd always spend my whole day at Cove while Julie would lay out. Yeah. But this was this was Julie's first cruise where she actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is my first working cruise. I mean, since being like a you know a real employee, right? Like I feel like you know I'm not just a little menu person. <laughs> right. <laughs> you exactly. Know? So that was. Uh, I actually re- had a lot you're of real. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real. <laughs> I actually had a lot of fun doing that. Um, the new uh, Disney Dreams, the enhanced version, was excellent. Oh, every sh- you know, we saw also saw golden the Golden Mickeys. Mickey's, of course. The only one we didn't get to see was Hercules. The We've seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. You don't like Hercules? No. Oh. Well, we have um, we have some of uh, uh, Julie's store tour segment that she recorded while she was on Castaway Key and on the ship. Now uh, the recorder ran out on you, though. Yeah. At the end of your last one. So yeah, I was what, actually. What, what are they going to miss? Probably the only thing that they're going to miss is I think I was in Mickey's Mate Mates. I mean, which is the children's Oops. store. Um, the pirate gear in this place is unbelievable. It's mm. more than I've ever seen, even in some of the really? the Disney stores over here. Yes, in my opinion. And they also have some stuff that they bring out on certain nights that'll only be available on that night, and they take it away. 
and even the same thing for Treasure Catch. Like uh, they had Fossil Watches one night and Donna Karen and Kenneth Cole, but then they weren't out the next day. That's it's always something smart. different to feature. That's smart. It really is. Um, another thing I noticed, they now have scrapbooking materials for Disney Cruise Line, which I purchased, which I love to scrapbook. So yes. <laughs> That's a, a big um, pastime for you. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention those specific things just in case they aren't in there. And I also wanted to mention that Corey and I, we participated in one of the art auctions. That was fun. It was fun. Like they give you a free Cosmopolitan and as many as you want, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which only have one. But it was a lot of fun to participate in that and kind of see how it works. And they give free little artworks away for people who are enthusiastic. Did you bid? Participate. Did yes. You bid? I, I, we, we actually bought a piece of artwork. I'm not going to say how much we paid for it, but we, we did buy. We bought a, um, a Salvador Dali um, Destino piece. It was a collaboration with him and Walt Disney. When, Get out of here. When Salvador incredible. Dali um, worked It was in the with, 1940s. Yeah. It's, it's a, and, it's, and it's an original? Well, it's a serograph. It's a right. edition okay. of four seventy five, but it, it is it is very limited. Mm-hmm. I mean, these just recently came out. Um, Saying you know ninety ninety six yeah. ninety eight, Roy Disney found all this work in the vault when Salvador Dali was collaborating with Walt Disney on the Destino movie. And wow. Salvador Dali actually worked from like nine to five in the Disney studios mm-hmm. and would produce these these paintings these. Um, storyboards. It happened uh, it, after this, Fantasia. Yeah. We actually got to see this little seven-minute film. It is incredible. Yeah. I want to watch it again. I've seen it, yeah. One of the most unlikely, you know, collaborations between artists, you know, D- Walt Disney and Salvador Dali. So though, yeah. Salvador Dali is my absolute favorite artist. So was Walt Disney. So this is a, it was a must-have piece. This is a, cool. It's actually a series of six pieces. They're large. Well, they, they're, um, there were, there's a, there's one set, a series of six. Then there's a set two, series of six. And the set three is coming out soon. I bought, we, I say I because I just love, I've always loved Dolly. Um, I bought a series two, one of those. I also just want to mention we uh, ran into two cast members that we have run into before on, uh, I know, The Wonder and The Magic with Clayton, who is the assistant cruise director. We know him as Hollywood. <laughs> and then also um, on Castaway Key, last fall we had a gentleman who would carry all the drinks on his head his name was joseph and i saw him on the beach and i said i think i have a photo of you carrying drinks on your head he's like you might kind of looking at me all crazy but i'm like i know i know you <laughs> all right well here's uh here's julie's uh, store tour segment uh from the disney cruise line and castaway key there are two shops on the disney wonder um the first is mickey's mates now this is geared more towards children but they do have some adult souvenirs as well um, right off the bat, you walk in, and there are scrapbooking materials. Uh, some things are new. They have the normal Disney scrapbooking materials that you can find in the theme parks. And they also ha- have some that are specifically for the cruise, which I think are really neat, and I'm actually going to purchase for myself. <laughs> um, notepads and bookmarks and children's books, cookbooks, as well as all of your crayon sets and drawing sets. This is also the place to get your pirate gear uh, for pirate night on the cruise. Hats, shirts, costumes. Hannah Montana and High School Musical, of course. You can always find these normally in all the theme parks, but they also sell this on the ship. Princess costumes and dolls. Also, they have 
of course, your princess T-shirts and sweaters and pants, um, Disney Cruise Line souvenirs for children, T-shirts and sweatshirts, hats as well. We have Buzz Lightyear toys and light-up Mickey's. They also carry the the baby princesses. That's what I call them anyway. They are the stuffed princesses that look like tiny little babies. They're really cute. They have Cinderella, Belle, Ariel. And then you also have your Captain Mickey stuffed animals. Everyone's dressed in their sailor gear. Mickey, Minnie, and Pluto. They also have a set of your five favorite characters riding on the ship. This place is pirate mania. Guns, Mickey pirate ears, hooks, cannonballs, um, looking glasses. You also have pirate Mickey, pirate Goofy, pirate Minnie. All dressed up, stuffed animals. They have skulls. All of your pirate costumes, Captain Jack hats and wigs. I mean, it's an <laughs> it is an immense amount of pirate gear. <laughs> Now we're at She Sells, Seashells, and everything else. It's the place to get all your castaway gear because this is the only place that you can find castaway key t-shirts. All different types. Your standard ones with your Mickey Mouse sunset ears. And then also you have a couple of new ones, I thought, which I had not seen before. They have a Cookies Barbecue t-shirt. They have a Davy Jones t-shirt. And also one about hair braiding. It's for little girls. It says, ouch, I look good. <laughs> it's quite cute. They also have uh, shovel sets, sand pails and things like that. There's one that comes in a little uh, Mickey ear set that's like wire. So as soon as you get done playing, you can just rinse it off in the ocean. It gets all the sand off before you throw it back in your car, your bag, or whatever. Um, they also have the sand pail sets that come with a keepsake castaway key bag. Of course, your other standard Disney merchandise, you know, they have all the flops with your Pirates of the Caribbean and Minnie and your princesses. Shoes for adults as well. Oh, aqua socks. That's what those are called. I couldn't think of it. (laughs) Those are quite funny with Walt Disney World on them. Um, Any other sea gear that you need, beach towels, um, goggles with little Mickeys on them, of course, sunscreen. And they also have uh, something that I thought was really neat. These little girl headbands with little Mickey ears, buttons sewn into them like Mickey ears. It's quite cute. Something else that's new, the Castaway, they're doing Castaway Ray. I think that's from Nemo, you know, Mr. Ray. Uh, It's Castaway Ray Stingway Ray Adventure, t-shirts and hats. Okay, I'm going to go into the store now. Hi. Alright, now we're inside She Sells Seashells and everything else. So, more castaway key t shirts and hats. Um, <laughs> Mickey in scuba gear. <laughs> Minnie in her bathing suit and flip flops. Those are adorable. <laughs> of course, they also have the, the standard cowboy straw hat with Disney's castaway key on it. Swimsuits, in case you forgot yours. And, oh, and now we have uh, more kids' merchandise. We've got T-shirts with <laughs> Goofy snorkeling, Pluto in the water. They even have stuff for, for infants, little hats that guard uh, face and neck. Okay, now a little more adults. We have, of course, your shot glasses and wine glasses with the Castaway Key logo on them, which I like. It's kind of old-timey looking. Um, 
Reminds me of like the old stamps uh, they used to put on trunks and suitcases and things. I like that. And then you also have coffee mugs, of course. Uh, the t-shirts and tank tops for women. They also have sweatshirts, which I don't know why you need a sweatshirt in the Bahamas, but hey, maybe you live in a cold place. <laughs> uh, your bags. The standard Walt Disney World bag with the Mickey heads, your castaway key bag. They even have a lunchbox, your lanyards, um, koozies. They have a really cool frame with Mickey and Minnie laying out together. They're asleep. It's quite cute. Also, photo album. I mentioned Castaway Ray and how they've uh, started kind of focusing on him a little bit with the t-shirts and things. Well, they also have um, a stuffed animal stingray. <laughs> it's quite cute and flat. <laughs> okay, the next shop is Island Trinkets and Treasures, Baham Bahamian Retail Arts and Crafts. Now, most of the things in here um, are handmade, but then you do have your standard, you know, Bahama bag embroidered with Bahamas and sort of beach scene on it that you can get anywhere. But then you also have things that are made of straw and wooden beads that look more like a native craft handmade for sure and then you also have the artist corner in here um, I'm sure Ooh, these are all local artists um, Bahamian scenes women mermaids actually really cool stuff I might would even purchase this myself very cool they also have wooden wind chimes with uh, sea creatures painted on them, dolphins and sea turtles. More purses and bags. Uh, necklaces made from shells and different types of beads. Bracelets. More Bahama bags, but these are your nylon bags. These are not the straw handmade bags. Oh, cool. Decorative drums. Those are really nice. Ooh, and wooden masks. Very nice. Shot glasses, of course. Coffee mugs with the Bahamas on them. A coconut bank. It looks like it's carved to look like a monkey. They also have a coconut, looks like a coconut purse. <laughs> it has little shells on it, that's really, I like that. That's a unique little souvenir. Of course they have all of your, you know, your standard jewelry boxes trinkets with Bahamas on them. Some are wooden. Some are made from straw. Coasters. Wooden coasters. Frames made from shells. Then you also have frames that are the typical souvenir. You know, they're painted really brightly with Bahamas on them. Really not something to put in your home, I wouldn't think. But And then we come to the albums, which I see these a lot, but you know, they're made from leaves and shells and all sorts of different things. Their photo albums, frames, and they also have cocktail books, Bahamian cocktails and mixed drinks. Now this shop is a little further down than she sells seashells and everything else. You have to go past Cookies and it's almost directly across from the, he the Heads Up Bar. The next shop down from the Arts and Crafts would be the Batik and Straw Works. It's the same sort of setup. It's the Island Trinkets and Treasures, uh, bah Bahamian Retail. And here you have more clothing, um, Bahama t-shirts and shorts and skirts, things maybe to cover up uh, your bathing suit. They sell men's swimsuits here as well, um, things that look a little bit cooler than your standard Disney. <laughs> no Mickey Mouse on these. You also have your sarongs and tropical themed purses. Actually swimsuits for children and adults. Um, Bahama clothing for children. 
And they actually have hats here and dresses. Jewelry made from shells. Flip-flops with uh, scenes from the Bahamas printed on the bottom. And then you have your, your standard souvenir t-shirts that say Bahamas or Smalmon. <laughs> so this is where you can get more Bahama-themed merchandise and not necessarily Disney. All right, and thank you for that report, Julie. And before we wrap up the show, we do have a prize to give away. Who is our... Uh... She, Her name was Libby Bailey from last week, so we want to be sure we read her prize on the air. She did choose number 10, right? She chose number 10, and she gets a $25 gift certificate. All right. Yay. Congratulations, Yay. Libby. So congratulations, <laughs> Libby. And before we say goodbye, hi, Anthony. <laughs> hi, Hector. You should just pre-record that and just press play. Every yeah, podcast. really. All right, folks, that will do it for us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show, and hopefully my construction work on this house will be done so I can say to you that we will see you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week.